imaginary advice. My granddad was a... He was in the Masons. Now, under his bed, there was this special box of Masonic stuff, you know, uh, badges, rings, books, kind of stuff like that. So um, one day, right, uh, my granddad starts wearing this shiny new badge with this, with this strange symbol on it. Now, my dad, who was, who was a teenager at the time, like, he notices the badge, and uh, he asks my granddad, you know, what does it mean, you know, that, that, that badge, that symbol? My granddad says to him, I'll tell you what, what the symbol means, but first, you've got to give me a pound. My dad says, no, I'm not giving you money, no. Granddad says, suit yourself. So soon my dad starts to see other people all around Inverness with these same strange pin badges. But everybody tells him the same thing. Like, it, it, it's maddening for him, particularly for my dad, who, as it turns out, like is a bit of a sci-fi nut. I mean, he's seen invaders from Mars. He knows what this might mean. My dad caves. He gives my granddad a pound, at which point my granddad says, OK, Gordon, because that's my dad's name. OK, Gordon, I'll let you know what the symbol means. This symbol means that I'm collecting pounds for charity. The end of that story is one of the most boring solutions to a mystery that I have ever heard. But I, I would like to argue that, in actual fact, almost all mysteries have boring solutions. We go looking for magic, but all we find is admin. But that doesn't bother me. Like, I, like, I love discovering the dull back end of a mystery. And, and I tell you all this so you understand why when I was on holiday at Disney World in Florida last year, I decided that rather than enjoy the rides or the live shows, I would instead take a five-hour in-depth behind-the-scenes tour of the theme park. Now, the Keys to the Kingdom tour promises, and, uh, and I quote, uh, access to the famed underground Utilidor tunnels that allow people and supplies to travel beneath the park unseen. It's a nine-acre underground village, complete with offices and cafeterias. There's hairdressers down there. Now, now from the photos that, that, I've, that I've seen of the place, uh, it looks just, just like endless grey industrial corridors. To imagine something so mundane, so dull, like buried right beneath Disney World, like I had to see that for myself. The underground kingdom, right, it's, it's like this physical manifestation of the Disney Prime Directive. By that I mean at all costs to maintain fantasy as reality. The dream world is real here and all the administration, all the boring bits are pushed underground into the tunnels. So when I paid my $80 for the tour, you have to understand, I knew that under Disney World, I would find the same thing that was behind my granddad's pin badge. Simple capitalism, and that's it. But it turns out, Disney still had one surprise up its sleeve. After four and a half hours of preamble on the surface, 
all we saw of the underground kingdom of that entire nine-acre subterranean village was one corridor. One corridor which they'd like spruced up with loads of photographs of the surface of Disney World, just in case we forgot where we were. And then the next thing we knew, we were back above ground again. They built an entire tour around these tunnels and yet they still couldn't do it. They, they couldn't show us the tunnels. The Prime Directive wouldn't allow it. And this left Disney with a terrible conflict. How to make money out of their mystery without actually giving their mystery away. Well, the solution, as it turns out, was us. Our entire tour group had just walked straight through that paradox and popped out confused and $80 poorer right in front of Cinderella's castle. Now, before the tour group could disperse, um, a show began right in front of us, the, uh, the 3pm daily performance of Dream Along with Mickey. Mickey began to squeak orders at us over the speaker system. Come on, everyone, he said. Dreams come true. Dreams come true. And I wanted to shout, No! No, you don't get it, Mickey! Not a single child here! believes that you're real. I mean, do you know the countless times this weekend I've sat behind a parent on a ride as they tell their terrified child, don't be scared, sweetheart, it's not real. Do you hear that, Mickey? It's not real every time. And that's why you'll never win, Mickey. We won't allow you to perpetuate the lie that you're real because you're too creepy to exist in the real world. You're, you're a five-foot mouse. You don't even... Look like a mouse. Have you ever seen a real mouse? Surely, in order to enjoy the gift of fantasy, we need to know the difference between fantasy and reality. But that's the one thing you deny us. So open the tunnels. Open the tunnels and let us see the truth. Until that day, we're just pawns in your fantasy rather than masters of our own. We know how dreams are made. They're made in office cubicles with grey formica kitchenettes. They're made on spreadsheets by guys called Tony. It's about Princess Jasmine getting changed for a vending machine. Piglet needing someone to help him go to the toilet. It's not Sebastian the crab, but the kid hidden inside the crab, standing in the insane Florida heat for three hours, waving and waving and waving. I have no idea how that kid keeps going. I want to know what he has for breakfast. I'm sure it can be dull, but it's real and it's hard. And that's so, so much more inspiring than a five-foot singing crab. Crab, 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 crab. Okay, so that's the end of today's show. Uh, thanks again for listening. Uh, the story was originally recorded for Radio 4's Shortcuts program. It was produced by Eleanor McDowell for Falling Tree Productions. For more information, go to imaginaryadvice.tumblr.com. Bye.